like a cocoon, every morning before elementary school, I'd wrap myself, naked except for underwear, into my pink hand-painted closet curtains and yell for help. Mom, what should I wear? She'd walk into my bedroom and pick through the pile of discarded clothes on the floor, ones I had already put on and then taken off. Wear the black pattern bike shorts and matching shirt. I don't want to wear that. How about the dress Grandma sent you? It's itchy. Leggings, then. I'll be too hot. Then why ask me, she'd exclaim, walking out of my bedroom. Wear whatever you want, Jazzy. But that was the problem. I didn't know what I wanted. I was convinced if I wore the right outfit, then everything would be okay. But when it didn't work, which it almost never did, because the material cannot cover for the emotional, I turned more indecisive. Now I know exactly what I wanted, to be safe and secure, in control, for my overall restlessness to ease, to be expressed and seen. But they were feelings I didn't have language for, that I couldn't just say, actually, Mom, this whole frustrating routine isn't really about the clothes. My indecision didn't stop at clothes. It was about hobbies, my hair, about what my favorite color was or which parent I should pick when my fifth grade teacher asked if I wanted to be in my mother's or father's group for the upcoming overnight field trip. Already a very disciplined people pleaser was the worst question she possibly could have given me. I did the only thing I knew how to and said, can I call my mom first? Why? Just so I can ask her. You don't need your mom. With a high square forehead and thin lips, her look was severe. You decide. But I did. I did need my mom. I always needed my mom. Can I just tell you tomorrow then? I twisted my fingers into the other, tried to push away the homesick feeling low in my belly. No, she clicked her tongue. Tell me right now. Her refusal was seismic, but she didn't understand the dynamic in our home, what choosing would cost me, that whichever parent I picked, it'd be wrong. Since I thought I was responsible for others' emotions, my decision meant I'd be letting one of them down. No matter that it was never really a question, I'd always choose my mother. I still carried the shame that what I wanted caused someone else pain. Every child knows exactly what they want, but at some point, unconsciously, I decided expressing myself wasn't safe, which meant I disconnected from my authentic voice and relied on my mother to make all my decisions for me. Autumn fell asleep during bedtime stories. The cab turned quiet and cozy. The heat dampened. Even in the parched desert, there was reprieve. I started my own book, Isla and the Happily Ever After, a young adult contemporary romance by Stephanie Perkins, a book that would change the course of my life, but I didn't know it yet, only that after the opening scene, I was in love, reading the first page over. It was so good. With only one child next to me who wouldn't wake in the middle of the night to feed, I thought perhaps my convoluted plan would work after all, and that weaning Violet would allow me to crawl back onto some solid ground. But then Autumn stirred, her legs restless, she whimpered, sitting up. So much of life is the good minute, followed by the bad minute. I still fight this nuance, the truth that we need both, and the notes in between, to hear and taste and smell to experience the vastness of our existence. What's wrong? 
I reached for her. Are you? Her face turned red. Her cries morphed into coughs, and then I knew, but it was too late to do anything about it. While milky orange-flavored liquid projectiled all over the pillows and sheets and blanket. Autumn wasn't sick, only sick to her stomach from the supplement. As soon as we changed the sheets in her jammy, she fell back asleep. I was used to the routine, though, and the defeated thoughts that followed, where I questioned my choice, convinced I'd made the wrong decision, the way I would try to fix one problem, only to create another. Motherhood wasn't supposed to be this way. My mother had conviction and I was her yes girl, but I couldn't ask her what to wear or who to pick or what my favorite color was, which meant I relied on the girls to lead and for me to follow, except as a mother, I was forced to choose, one foot in, one foot out, unable to trust myself, something I'd try would fail, meaning nutrition, and then I'd conclude, I'm a failure. In the hours after midnight, the quietest part of sleep, on day two of car camping, I was woken by a shout, cussing, the voice right outside the car. Fixed as a target, I crouched down, convinced whoever was about to break into the jack car with the towels in the windows. I reached into the driver's side and pressed the master lock button, cringing at the loud shuck it made, as if us being locked inside an out-of-commission car made us any more safe, because it wasn't just a someone. It was a swarm of 50, males in white t-shirts and blue jeans with navy blue bandanas around their shaved heads, crossing from the empty BART station over to our street, Naked and exposed without four walls of a house, I wished Tom was beside me instead of a child I must protect. I found my cell phone, prayed the shift of air on nylon wouldn't wake Autumn. The phone no longer connected to my mother, no longer my lifeline. I still begged Tom to pick up, to tell me what to do. Autumn heard the tinny ring of the dial through the other end as I hung up and tried again. Shh, I studied her with a hand. I was on my knees, hunched over her, peering below the rag, out the passenger window. What is it, Mama? Her little girl voice made me wish we could switch places, that I could be the child, that she could protect me. I put my finger to my lips and pointed, telling her to duck so they wouldn't see us. The gang moved as one, like a swarm of bees, undulating this way and that. They were too close, spilling from the middle of the street onto the sidewalk only a few feet from the front of our car backed into the driveway. This was the part of life that never had a script. I watched them through the front windshield while I shuffled through worst-case scenarios in my head, like any second they can turn and decide we'd be a good target. Of the car rocked by a mob, of guns, of Autumn and I being pulled from the inside. Their voices, a cacophony of sound, bounced off each other, off the houses on either side. By the time Tom picked up, they'd already passed. He pressed the phone to his ear with his shoulder, used one hand to peer through the blinds while balancing a sleeping violet in his arms. Should I call the police? I asked with labored breath, like I had run forever, like I couldn't stop. I don't know, I, I didn't see them. You heard them though, right? Yeah. I mean, I guess they weren't doing anything. Motherhood wasn't supposed to be this way. But like, I said in a small voice, my grasp slipping, what are we going to do? 
my landscape parched the way earth cracked open, the gap between what I wanted to feel safe in the world, to regain my mental and physical health, and my reality that I wasn't safe anywhere, not even within myself, that I would never remember what it felt like to thrive. Except like the night before, like all of life, before the bad minute, there was a minute of good. Autumn fell asleep without the supplement and didn't wake to vomit, and I finished Isla. Out went the last page. In came an ache so fierce. It was the first time I'd experienced the depth of my longing. I gazed at the roof of our car, the walls of our temporary shelter, and thought, I want to write a book that makes me feel the way this book made me feel. It was a shocking desire, one at 31 I'd never had before. It would be another month and another act of desperation for me to take the next step. But like a mother would, the impression remained, patient and kind, while I opened enough to receive. I didn't need to go looking after all, at my lowest, once the position had been stripped away and no longer filled by another. My purpose found me. It found me because it was of me. I'm Jasmine Rasmussen, author and narrator of Saved, a memoir on purpose. Join me weekly for an oral telling of my novel, written in verse and prose, broken into short, digestible episodes. I'll guide you through my journey back to self. Click the link below to subscribe or go to jasminealiarasmussen.substack.com to find out more.